It is Thursday, the 25th of February, 2021. Paul White is AEW bound. And the pun I wrote about this podcast also being a big show is so annoying that I don't actually want to make it. (laughs) Either way, you're listening to the Handsome Genius Club Radio Show. Hey kids, welcome to the show. My name is Kingdom, Anthony Kingdom James. Yes, Paul White is AEW bound. Uh, The former giant and the until a day ago, you'd have said Big Show, the current Big Show. Well, now he's the former Big Show because I'm sure he ain't taking that name with him. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Paul White has signed with AEW. He is signed with All Elite Wrestling. So uh, he's apparently going to be a coach and a commentator on a new YouTube show. And uh, he's going to wrestle for them. Um, not right away, but he is going to be wrestling for them. Um, so, yeah, that's crazy. After 20 years as a WWE employee, 20-plus um, years, really, Paul White is All Elite. <laughs> Um, show news, um, today, of course, we have Jody Threat on the show, and there's the show text, nice and early. Oh, uh, an order I, uh, I got on Fiverr, it has been marked complete. Excellent, excellent. Hey, yeah, I'll tell you about that. Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. You can search for Kingdom James on there. Kingdom James will record a voiceover for you. You like the sound of this? Let me record stuff for you. Uh, you got an audio book. You got a Kickstarter that you need a video uh, narrated. You got uh, you got an outgoing voicemail message. You got a YouTube video of any kind. Hey, whatever you need uh, voiced over, then uh, contact your Uncle Kingdom uh, via Fiverr. I'd be happy to do it for you. Uh, I was also going to mention that uh, this is that we're coming up on the end of the month. This weekend is the end of the month. It is the perfect time to join Patreon. Patreon.com slash my name is Kingdom. As little as $2 a month, you will help keep the lights on here at Cassidy Kingdom. Uh, with, and in exchange, you will get the exclusive Friday episodes. You'll get classic episodes of the podcast from more than a decade ago. Uh, you will get comic book scripts, comic books themselves, uh, digital comics. You'll get my comic strips and you'll get access to videos. I'm uh, adding more videos starting this month and uh, you're going to get some some healthy video com- uh, content. Content. That's the beauty of voiceovers is I'm uh, able to uh, edit them. Uh, <laughs> I, I so rarely edit the podcast though. Um, yeah, so... Patreon.com slash my name is Kingdom. Give it a try. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, coming up on Monday, K. Trevor Wilson, comedian and actor and rabid wrestling fan, K. Trevor Wilson. And if you hear that in the background, that's, that's Chloe. I just reached down to scratch her because I tried to record this, uh, opening a couple of times. And on one of them, she decided she needed my attention, got the claws right into my leg. <laughs> 
You're going to a vet soon, and I hope he dopes you up good. If the vet, if the vet dopes you up good enough, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna I'm gonna rub your tummy, just just to say that I have. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. So on Monday, uh, K. Trevor Wilson, the interview is in the can. It is ready to go. I am looking forward to you all hearing it. Uh, I um, we talk about. Comedy and wrestling and Letter Kenny and uh, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. You know, it, it's good. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy today's interview, too. So, you know what? I'm going to stop screwing around, uh, hit the record scratch, and we'll get right into it. Hey, kids. Welcome to another episode of the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Uh, joining me on the line, finally, because... Man, can she ditch plans? <laughs> Is my friend and yours, the wild child, the skateboarder, the ass kicker. Hey, kids, it's Jody Threat. Yay. <laughs> that was enthusiastic. Hi, Jody. Hello, my friend. I'm glad that we're finally making this happen. I know. I know it's a long time coming <laughs> since the beginning of the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is actually. Oh my God. Oh, all right. I'm going to ask you the big question off the top. Oh God. Okay. Which do you love more? Okay. Your boyfriend or Big Macs? Oh God. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> it's a different kind of love i don't oh. know comparing apples to oranges like it's a different kind of love no okay i'm telling you i'm te- you're you're on a lifeboat the ship okay. is sinking in the background it's you your boyfriend and some big macs <sighs> how many Who'd- big macs <laughs> and will i be able to access big macs once i get to safety no, these are the last Big Macs in the world. Oh my god! Oh. And there's um, let's say, let's say thirty of them. Listen, I just need you to. I need you to know that no yeah. matter what your answer is, yeah, the length of time it's taking you to answer means <laughs> I fucking win. <laughs> Uh, boyfriend or Big Mac? I will pick my boyfriend. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay, all right. Mm. I I I know that I know that he'll understand where the hesitation came from. You need to understand. Like, I think people need to understand how much I love Big Macs. Um, so I I don't know if you know this, but I've actually turned to a more plant based diet yeah uh for like the last like i'd say three and a half four months and i have cheated on said um lifestyle with big macs twice in that time oh my i know that's and so i'm cheating on like a whole change in my lifestyle for big macs (laughs) oh i've been looking forward to asking you that question for so long now I love them so much. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> we can end this right here. My mission is accomplished. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> I am. I'm over fucking joined. <laughs> All right. Uh, how have you been keeping your sanity over the last year through the lockdowns and the travel restrictions and gym closures and wrestling being mostly shut down? Oh my god. Yeah. I, you know I lost my mind. I, I never, like, I, I haven't kept sane. Okay, um, how have you regained it? <laughs> because I know, I know early on, um, that you really did start going squirrely. Oh. For like mostly year, like literally, it, it's only recently since I registered in school, uh, which was supposed to be like three terms to finish this uh, certificate, and mm. I said, "Fuck it, I'm doing it in one term," um, and so that's really been keeping me kind of busy since January. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just that that I'm like forcing myself to, like I said, do three terms of work in one term. But um, before that, like, as you know, I was just going nuts um, as many times as I went on, like, random hikes with the dog. That didn't help. Um, I went to America against uh, advisory to see, like, my boyfriend and to wrestle. Um, so that took up, you know, e- each visit's about a, a month because you're there for two weeks and then you're quarantining for, for two, two weeks, weeks. when you come back, right? Yeah. Um, you kind of lose time in your two week quarantine, um, just because you have to leave your body Yeah. because otherwise you're literally going to probably end up, I don't know, like digging a hole into the ground. Cause what else can you do with two weeks where you cannot leave the property? Like you can't even like legally leave the property to walk a dog Yeah. when you're in one of those mandatory two week quarantines after leaving the country. Um, I built a uh, makeshift gym in a tent uh, mm-hmm. on my parents' property. Um, so I guess that's kind of been helpful, too, when I'm not too depressed to work out. <laughs> you know? so I, I don't know. I, honestly, I think the last few months, my, my savior has been, like, doing school. Yeah. Yeah. And what, 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 are, you, uh, what are you taking? Uh, it's just the certificate in project management. Mm-hmm. From uh, U of T. Because you, uh, actually, aside from uh, ass-kicking as a wrestler, you, uh, yeah. you're you a social worker. Uh, yeah, well, in the social realm, I actually moved positions uh, to more of, like, uh, less casework stuff to, like, more general community stuff. So mm-hmm. I, like, h- help run a community center. Like, I'm, I'm one of the, uh, they're called Community Recreation Programmers. Right. Yeah. So it's a... Uh, it's a little less hard on the heart when you get to work in the program side of things versus like very hands-on with actual yeah. cases. This was always the professional dream was uh, social work, I, or how I did you come upon it? Honestly, I I don't know because like I'm 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 not specifically like a social worker. Like I'm a like my title is more general. Like I'm more of like a a community worker like I don't right. sit there and counsel per se but I I do unofficially yeah, um it's still mentor social and work. connect oh for sure for sure yeah um 
but how I got there, I, I don't know. I, like as a kid, like I never really knew what I wanted to be. It was nuts. At one point, um, I thought I wanted to be a cop. I guess that was just my parents, you know, in my head. Mm. And then a, a dear friend of mine, um, in like the punk scene kind of looked me in the eyes and he was like, Jody, you want to be a, a cop? And I was like, uh, yes, I'm, uh, you know, here at Humber College taking police foundation. And he looks me again in the eyes and says, Jody, you, you want to be a cop. You want to work to push a system that doesn't work. You. And I was like, oh, my God, you're fucking right. <laughs> and he literally in that one conversation, like changed my whole course of uh, studies like the Literally the next year, uh, I switched over to uh, university for just criminology because I found like that sort of stuff interesting. And then I ended up pulling like uh, another major on board, um, like children's studies. I didn't really know what I was going to do with these two degrees. Mm-hmm. Um and I finished it and I had been working for the city of Toronto for, uh, since I was 16 doing like general recreation stuff, running camps, running preschools, while also holding a bunch of like random side hustles. Like I, I used to work like, at, like events security at like a lot of the concerts. I used to run like the front gates at, um, um, some of the big venues in Toronto. I won't name them cause I don't know if I'm allowed. Um, <laughs> okay. yeah. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I finished, got my my degree, and then this position with the city that hadn't been put up for grabs in years resurfaced, and someone um, was like, this position is perfect for you. It was a youth outreach worker position, mm-hmm. um, and I applied, even though I had never been appointed to the role, had done it before, and I managed to capture one of the positions and just happened to like fall in love with it. Cool. And how long have you been doing that now? So, like, the youth outreach I did for, I think, um, wow, I don't know, probably, like, from probably, like, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, in that time, I took a break, and that's when I, like, hopped over to to Belize to do some, like, advisory work for their youth government. Okay. Um, and then I moved more into, like, a, a family realm. Um, because, uh, my belief is that, um, like you need strong families and strong communities to make strong individuals. And so like, as much as I loved the youth work, I loved it so much. It's still my favorite job to this uh, day. I had to leave it though. It was like, it, you, you know, at a point that like, um, you need to move on when you become so callous and like, you can no longer feel and you have to be like that to be successful in the role. Like you have yeah. to be able to separate your feelings from that to be able to do it. Um, but also being able to be empathetic, it's a very hard balance, but I moved on from that and worked more with families who were, uh, on Ontario works or I guess welfare is what other, um, provinces or countries might call it. Mm-hmm. And I did that for four years wow. and then I moved on to, uh, I'm aging myself, eh? Like adding, <laughs> <laughs> like adding up like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I've been like more on this program side for like, uh, just under a year. Like I actually landed this position during the pandemic. Yeah. So it was, I was actually offered it. I didn't have to apply. It was pretty cool. Very into it. So you, you mentioned being in the punk scene and, uh, and how that influenced your schooling and your occupational decisions. 
Um, but you were also uh, you were also big on skateboarding, which has definitely influenced you as a professional wrestler, as a gimmick, as as a, as your personality. What? Uh, how how deep into skateboarding were you? I actually started kind of late in life. Yeah. Um, I started when I was in my uh, like. I guess mid twenties. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of got balls deep in that. Um, so much so that like I ended up on, um, some like committees to help, um, advocate for it at a city level to get more, um, eyes on skateboarding and to see the value in skateboarding and to, instead of criminalizing it and like seeing it as like a very demonized activity to see that there's just so much to it. It's not just like an activity. It's actually an outlet, a physical outlet, a, uh, an artistic outlet. Um, and like as cliche as this is going to sound like almost like a way of life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I did not only do it like recreationally, like I did try to take it to the next level too and, and help out as best I could. Um, there's like a committee in Toronto called like uh, Toronto Skateboarding Committee. Okay. Um, and they actually have a, a pretty strong voice now. Like there's a, a skateboard strategy and um, like the councillors of Toronto um, like listen to what the council has to say. I no longer sit on the council. It's it's too much of a conflict of interest with me working for the city. Yeah. Um, but there, there's budget now put aside for, um, fixing up the skate parks we have and actually creating new skate parks. And, uh, yeah. So a lot of like advocacy work around that. Um, and a part of, no, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to say a part of my, uh, my trip to Belize when I worked for their government over there as a, um, as an advisor, um, it ended up getting turned into like me advocating for skateboarding in Belize <laughs> and with a, as a part of like this huge project where we created like their first, uh, skate park. It was like a mobile skate park, but it, nonetheless, it was at least a skate park. And we yeah. put on like it. I had like some of my uh, skateboarding homies from like Canada come meet me in Belize and like do some like workshops with the youth I, were, I was working with and run like a little comp for them it was very cute do, do they have any infrastructure there for skateboarding like i mean if i'm if i'm 15 or 16 and i'm living somewhere in belize do i even have a skateboard shop in my city that i can go to or is it all secondhand gear and 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 amazon or or, or you know mail order stuff uh, it's mostly all like mail order. You have to like find it. Like, uh, Belize is, is, is such an interesting con- like country. It really is. Um, cause parts of it is quite urbanized and then other parts are very rural, like still have villages and like full out jungles and shit. Like yeah. it's nuts. Um, but there are ways of getting stuff in from like Mexico, which has like a skate scene and America. Um, so they would order stuff in. And then I guess, cause there's like expats there. Um, like they would, sometimes you would get it through there. Like you would order from someone who's like visiting back home and they would bring it in. Um, but there is like a lot of secondhand stuff. Um, there was no actual skate shop there. I don't know now. I haven't like, that was a few years ago. I was there. Maybe things have changed a bit, mm-hmm. but I, I, from my understanding, it's still kind of hard to get new gear. 
Um, I know like when I came home, one of my initiatives, it was nuts uh, because it was so hard to get skateboards um, there. I, um, I collected a bunch um, from like a bunch of like the Toronto skateboarders. Yeah. Uh, and with the help of, there was like a, an indoor skate spot called the uh, skate loft. Um, and the homies would just uh, drop off like lightly used boards um, and wheels and trucks and that sort of thing. And I, drove it to a a doctor in america in indianapolis okay <laughs> okay yeah so i smuggled over something like 30 decks <laughs> and like two milk crates of like other parts to this yeah. doctor yeah i gave it to the doctor because the doctor um owns property in belize right so it made it easier for him to bring random ass objects yeah into the country and so <laughs> Yeah, he kind of smuggled that stuff into Belize for like the the crew I knew there and like the kids. Yeah, had connections with the doctor, um, as well as like I had a few homies come afterwards um, to revisit, uh, and they brought gear too. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it, it's weird. They got stuff, not enough stuff down there, but um, yeah, it'd be cool to open up a skate shop down there. <laughs> well. I mean, but they do not have any skate parks or anything like that. It's like legit, like gnarly street skating. So they're um, they're they're at the they're at the dawn of their skateboarding age. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So hey, they get to uh, they get to all be the first kid in their neighborhood to get chased off a of government property by uh, by a, a security guard with a baton and a flashlight. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, they had like a, a skate crew down there called Genesis Skate Crew because you know Genesis. Yeah, they're the first. <laughs> I won't make any Phil Collins jokes, but yeah. <laughs> it's good skateboarding music. Oh, Genesis! Uh, <laughs> how do you make the leap from skate? Well, first of all, before we get off of skateboarding, did you ever uh, did you ever compete as a skateboarder anywhere on any level? Oh no no no! I was just a leisure skater. Yeah. Okay. Just, I'm too shy for that sort of thing. I know. I don't know. For me, it's something different. It's just like an outlet. Mm-hmm. So then, how do you make the leap from uh, from skateboarding to, of all stupid things, professional wrestling? Um, what possesses you? <laughs> well, you know. Uh-oh. I... I <laughs> I was drunk, <laughs> really. <laughs> For the last four years? No, but I fell in love while I was drunk. Oh, like I, you know, like I, I was. Um, so, like, basically, my sister. I'm trying to think how I don't like criminalize myself and mm. how to say that. Basically, my sister and I were in downtown Toronto, um, and uh, she, let's just say she had a rough breakup, and mm. so we were trying to get out and about and get our mind off stuff, and we end up at a, a show in Toronto, downtown Toronto, Super Kicked, yeah. and um, so we go down into this venue where this ring's set up, and uh, note that neither of us are really like wrestling fans per se. <laughs> we okay. just thought it was something like interesting to do um and within five minutes of being there i just kind of knew that this is what i needed to do okay 
And literally, like, less than two weeks later, I enrolled in uh, training. Yeah. And uh, literally, just that was my new obsession. Skateboarding took a, a, a back burner. Like, at that point, I had, like, a, a sweet apartment with actually, like, a, a mini ramp built in the living room. Yeah. Uh, and I just literally just started going on it because I was so focused on um, on wrestling <laughs> and have been obsessed for the last... However, however long it's been, yeah. three, four years, whatever. Yeah. So that was the trend. It was literally just I jumped skateboarding for wrestling. Um, I actually <laughs> didn't even want to have like a skater gimmick to begin with in wrestling, but no. like my trainer at the time said that it, it just made sense at least to get going with some sort of character, yeah. just because like skateboarding is so like I didn't want it to bring it into like the wrestling world. Like it means so it like meant so much to me uh, at that point in my life that I just didn't I didn't want to merge the two. Um, I just wanted to keep it kind of separate. Um, but uh, here we are. But you got convinced, and the skateboard gimmick seems to have worked. Yeah, I'm trying to like get away from it a bit because it's actually yeah. quite like now that I like before the pandemic, I started getting some like flights to promotions. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was quite challenging to because, you know, rule number one is you don't check your gear. Yeah. Uh, so I have to have my skateboard plus my gear. It, it, you know, it's just it's hard. It's, yeah. it's hard. So, yeah, and I don't like it's. Yeah. Tell, tell me, tell me about the first time you got flown to a show. Who, who's, uh, the, who's the, what's the first promotion that said, "Yeah, we're willing to pay money to put you on an aerial plane and bring you to a show"? Yeah, it was a, a like a newer Winnipeg promotion, uh, Winnipeg Pro Wrestling WPW. Yeah. Um, and they put me up in like a fancy hotel too. And I remember Josh Alexander was on the same show and we're in the elevator together. And he looked me dead in the eyes and he was just like, don't expect this at every place you're being flown into. Like, <laughs> this is not what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> you lucky bitch. Like, yeah. Don't like... expect wrestling to treat you like a person. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they flew me over a few times. Um, yeah. I actually really miss that promotion. That was one of the first. I think that was the first time I was in Winnipeg too. Yeah. Um, really, really cool locker room and just community there. I miss it. It's one Do of the you, promotions I miss a lot. When you go to a place like Winnipeg and you're flown in, I mean, uh, you know, it's one thing when you're driving. I don't expect to. I don't expect to ever see anything of the town I'm in. If I'm driving, except the direct route to the venue and back. But yeah. when, when you get flown into a place like Winnipeg and it's your first time in the town, do you get any chance whatsoever to look around to explore the town itself? Um, a little bit, a little bit of time. Um, and we, I had like a really, I call him my handler, like one of the refs. He would like pick me up from the uh, air, airport and like make sure I got to the hotel safe and yeah you know fed me and stuff like he was literally my babysitter bless his heart <laughs> still keep in contact with him cool. um and he he would do he did like a little like drive-by tour and like kind of like gave me the ins and outs and i but i think it was like the first time i was there because josh was with me um 
he was going on about like you know it, you do have a few hours before the show so if you take a, a walk in this area it was like downtown winnipeg just stay mm-hmm. away from like this section here but like this area is pretty great um so sometimes you get that opportunity and actually this particular time josh and i you know took advantage of it and, and took a, a little stroll uh, and definitely went where we were told not to go and definitely, like, saw a guy, like, dead on the side of the road. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, we're not sure if he was revived because when we came back out, like, he was, like, in the ambulance. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. That's awful. Uh, yeah. So sometimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, since now we're talking about wrestling, we're going to go back and forth in your sure, timeline sure. of wrestling. Um, what are your wrestling goals right now? And I mean, I mean, you know, coming as we start to come out of, you know, uh, the world burning itself to the ground. What what are your wrestling goals moving forward, and have they changed at all from the wrestling goals you had when you first started training, or even say you know eighteen months ago when things were building before the pandemic? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, when I started wrestling, I didn't know what the hell I wanted out of this. I just knew I wanted to do it. Yeah. So like right off the hop, I didn't really have goals per se um but eventually when i got going i knew i just wanted to be able to make it as my my primary career mm-hmm. um at any given time i always have like a full-time job and a bunch of hustles like even working for like the the government um i still have like hustles that i just don't talk about it yeah. so for me like i said i just want to have like wrestling as that like main job and then sure have my side hustles so that's how i keep myself entertained um, and I, I want to say my goals are the same, like realistically, I, 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 like I'm scared because, you know, like I've only been wrestling like before the pandemic, I, I had just like maybe hit like my, just past my second year, like in ring experience. Mm-hmm. So like I've lost it a year. So I'm like rusty and like any momentum i have is gone so i'm trying to like stay optimistic saying like you know what i can catch this this uh, momentum again and maybe make something out of it but like i don't know my goal is to make it a career if that makes sense like a full-time like i want that to be my primary source of income yeah okay no that yeah it makes perfect sense you're not worried about reaching a particular promotion you're worried your your concern is to build yourself up so that yes this is your main source of income yeah and, right yeah that makes that's sense. a fair goal right <laughs> it, it absolutely is and it's an it's a very attainable goal i think especially for you i hope so man yeah. like it's just it's so crazy though like i was starting to build some momentum and then the world ended yeah like <laughs> like it's so like sad to think about <laughs> So, uh, so, so I'm guessing that you're looking forward to getting vaccinated so that you can, uh, so, you know, once the doors open again, you can start traveling and wrestling wherever the fuck you want. 
I just want I do whatever I need to do to yeah. to get going again, like <laughs> whether it's a vaccination or not or what the hell it is. I just want to be able to do it again. Yeah, I miss it so much. Like I, I you know, I just came back from the States and I, I won't say what company, but I did some uh, filming for uh, like an indie promotion. And it well, was the first time I was like in ring in three months. And I like literally was just. <sighs> so happy to be there, but also so sad, <laughs> you know. You just have that. You have that sigh, like the like the cartoon dog that's floating to get the biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when things do open up again, are there uh, any opponents that you've spent the past year thinking, "Oh my god, I need to get into the ring with with them"? I have a huge list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Willow is like up there mm-hmm. uh, of girls that I'd like to face. Um, man, I like literally a list that I have going. I'm not even going to sit here and name them all, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's definitely Willow is like Nightingale. She's like number one who I, I want to get in a ring with. Okay. And uh, you've also, you've done a lot of intergender wrestling. Do you? Yeah. Do you have a preference at this point? Uh, I don't have a preference. No, I just I I at this point I just want to fucking wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> really, I just want to fucking wrestle. I don't care with where who. I just want to wrestle. Um, I I love intergender wrestling just because it's it's a different story you're, you're telling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I also love wrestling talented women. You know. Yeah. And it's nice wrestling people from like different regions because I'm starting to understand that there there really is a difference in style. And so like I really enjoy, um, you know, being in the ring with someone that has more experience with me and like doing it their way. Because obviously I have like the ways I like to do things, but yeah. like when I, when they lead me, like I, I just I love that because you truly um, are, are learning and like just taking it in in a different way and seeing how you can like mesh your two preferences. Do you, do you if if you had to um, if you had to guide somebody to watch one or two like you know a handful of your past matches to get a oh, sense no. of yeah to get a sense of of uh, your character and your ability what what matches what matches stand out that you're gonna say hey listen this is what you need to see um. Well, it's okay, okay. Uh, just because <laughs> I want to put over women's women's wrestling. Okay. Okay, so I don't want to talk about intergender wrestling as much as I love love intergender wrestling, and I want to do all the intergender wrestling possible. Yes. Let's put over women's wrestling and awesome women's talent. Um, I have a real hard time watching my own matches. Like I'm so critical, and I, I hate every single one of them. But the ones that I really liked how it felt working with these individuals. Like mm-hmm. it, it just felt different and good. Um, was my alpha one match. My first one against Kylie Ray. Okay. Uh, which I know that alpha one just released for free on YouTube, but it's, it was at least on like the impact, um, Oh, the, uh, the app, app or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know it's for free right now on, on YouTube because it was last week that I, Elf one released it. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Chris Datlander. So yes. funny. I never got to, to work with her at all. Like I obviously knew who she was and we were in change rooms together, but I never got to work her. And then in one weekend I worked her twice. 
Yeah. Uh, and I liked both times, which one was for a, uh, uh, AAW yep. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one was, um, limitless, um, in, in uh, Maine. yes, yes. So both those matches, and I think at this point, because they were probably like last year around this time, mm-hmm. um, I think they're actually both up for free on um, on YouTube as well. Okay. Yeah. So those were like two female opponents I had that like I, it just it felt different with them. If it may, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Though. Yeah. No. That. It, that. Why? Why do you think I'm gonna argue with you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because sometimes I wonder if like I'm sane or if I'm not making sense. Because I have had like a lot of matches that I've liked and I really enjoyed, and like you know I would I, again like I said I'm very critical of myself, but like I would share other matches with people. Yeah. Just because like I did like it and I liked them, but like there was just something extra special in the air working with these two women on those particular nights. Yeah. Whatever it was. Hey, listen. That's that's why I I asked what would you show people what would you be eager to show people so yeah yeah no that's that's great <laughs> yeah um uh, how how are you with fan interactions uh, so awkward yeah <laughs> so so awkward like you think about it you can't even of uh, someone that I respect and I love and is like an actual friend yeah and you can't even get me on like a podcast I now know. imagine me trying to talk and communicate with strangers <laughs> I do it because I, I love every one of them for supporting me but it's 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 hard yeah no I understand <laughs> hey, listen I'm I'm sitting here doing the podcast and you know interacting with the humans is still tough it's so you know? hard it's so hard but i love them all like i can't tell you like how wonderful like fans can be like yeah. honestly like even when you don't even like when you're having like just a shitty time like how positive so many of them are towards you like i've had way more positive interactions than negative like maybe a handful of negative yeah. where i've had like you know tons and tons of handfuls of positive but for whatever reason it's like it's so hard. It's so hard, and especially like after matches too. Like I feel like I just put so much like emotion and energy into my match. Like after the fact, like I just I'm so depleted and I feel so bad because I know that like you know fans want to talk to me. And I'm I'm trying, but it's like I'm just I'm broken at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, now it would be <clears throat> it would be easy for me. Uh, talking to a, a female wrestler to say, Hey, tell me a story about creepy fans and, uh, tell me about fans who go too far and how you deal with them. And that's, that's easy. And if you have a funny story, you're more than welcome to tell a story. But, (laughs) yeah, but I would, I, I would rather, uh, ask you about, uh, positive interactions with fans and and uh, ask you if there are any stories that you can think of uh, off the top that you know really uh, really brought you joy in interacting with fans if there's anything you know strictly very positive that a fan was able to uh, make your day or vice versa 
Um, okay. Well, let me start off by saying that I'm very lucky and the majority of fan interactions I've had have been very positive and they make me feel very good. Like, um, indie wrestling fans are bomb, straight up. They're so cool and they're so supportive. And especially those that have, like, seen you from, like, your first match. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the Ontario scene is so, like, like close-knit. Like, everyone has seen all your work. Yeah. Um, so anytime, like, anyone, like, tells me, like, I remember when you first started, that melts my heart. But I think particularly when a – I love when – moms for whatever reason I, moms seem to relate to me okay because <laughs> m- moms love me straight up even uh gabriel schwartz's mom loves me apparently <laughs> and i love when moms specifically come up to me and are hyped to meet me yeah and are like man like you're you're so cool this is I, you do what i wish i could do or like i'm so happy that like my kids have someone like you to like watch I just I like mom fans. They're awesome. Okay. They're just it's different because you don't like you don't expect for like a mom to be hyped about you. Yeah. And so it gets me hyped when a mom is hyped okay. about me. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> Stop doubting your own answers. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> how you how you feel or what whatever I ask you whatever comes to your mind is valid and uh, we're. I am very appreciative of whatever you want to share. Are you, you sure you're not a social worker, Kingdom? I have my <laughs> moments. I have listen. I have my moments. I can't be dour, grumpy old man every hour of the day. And oh, I, I fuck off. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I, I can't. I especially. Something like this where, you know, I, I, I finally, uh, you finally surrendered to authorities and <laughs> you yeah. handed yourself in to do a podcast because I know that you're going to have cool things to say and that you're interesting and that, you know, um, yeah. yeah, I, I want to, like I just said, do I want to sit here and say, Hey, tell me about creepy fans? You know, why don't yeah. you, why don't you read us the sickest letter somebody's ever sent you? Fuck that. Yeah. Those people don't deserve to have the light of day shine on them. I'd rather, well, for sure. I'd rather talk about, you know, a kid. Like, I mean, for me, I had, um, I love at comic conventions when, uh, when kids in cosplay come up. Or, you know, when ki- a parent brings their kids up and and they're holding my book and they're all smiley and it's like, That's this is, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had like at three or four day conventions where like on the first or second day, I'll sell a family a book and yeah. then on the third or, you know, the, the, the third or fourth day, they come back and they say, you know, we read this together last night and it was fantastic. And I just, I fucking love that. Perfect. So I I absolutely understand when you say, you know, moms come up to me and talk to me about how how they dig you or their kids dig you. Absolutely. That that makes some of the bullshit that you you know that goes on behind the scenes worthwhile. Yeah. That's that's telling you that what you're doing is hitting home with people. So yeah, I absolutely I understand. For sure, for yeah. sure. I, you know, I think that was very, like, heartfelt. Yeah. But, like, on a less 
heartfelt thing. I have to tell you, it just I just looked up and I saw it. Um, I had a fan, like fans, like I said, are so generous. Mm-hmm. Kids, adults, all of them. <laughs> I and I've gotten a lot of gifts in my time, and I appreciate every single one of them. But one of the coolest things I ever got. I, I'm so angry at myself for not even remembering the guy's name or his like Instagram handle. Um, but he like airbrushed me this bomb ass Jody Threat deck. Oh, like, yeah. Skateboarding deck. And I, he gave it to me and he's like, I want you to ride this out. And like, it's so beautiful that I, I, I would like to message and I'm telling him, I'm sorry I've never wrote it out, but I just, I don't want to damage it. Like, it's so pretty it has like skulls and it's like predominantly black like it's so beautiful and i just have you ever have you ever posted a photo of it i have i have when i first got it but maybe i should do it like remind me who you are who created this for me i remember it was like a at a a smash wrestling show and i'm pretty sure it was london okay um to narrow it down a little bit okay so so cool so thursday morning when this episode goes online yeah Post the photo again, and we'll see if we can't track down who uh, whoever it is that that airbrushed that for you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be sick. Uh, speaking of London and traveling and yada yada yada. Okay, this is a question I like to ask wrestlers now when I remember. Yeah. Uh, who's in your ultimate road trip crew? You're you're going on the road. It's you. You got three seats in the car. Who do you put in those three seats? No, I can't make that. No, I don't know. Don't be like that. No, Listen, you're not hurt. You're not hurting anybody's feelings. All right. But I feel like <laughs> when you have different combinations of people, create different environments. So and give I me one. One combination give that me I one really combination. Enjoy. Yeah. Doesn't oh, ha- doesn't man. this doesn't listen. You're not saying you're not allowed. Other people aren't allowed in the car, or that other people aren't going to be fun. But give me one combination that you think you know. Right now, today, this is the mood I'm in. These these are the people that will uh, that will make this road trip uh, fun. Oh man. Uh, okay. So. And then everybody, so, and then every one. all your other friends will be pushed off a cliff to their icy death. No, 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 no. <laughs> pick, three people. I can't. So I, first of all, you know I drive alone a lot of times. Like anytime I deal with the border, like that's a solo ride yeah. into the country, and yeah. then I will jump into cars. I don't know. Like, ah, oh, man, you can't do this to me. I, I can do whatever I want. I mean, you're no allowed. Way. You're allowed to say no, but don't be a chicken. Oh my god! But that, like I said, like different combinations create different environments, and I love them all. Uh-huh. Like, uh, one okay, so uh, I, I no, love, I, can't. I <laughs> love how I love how absolutely pained this makes you because you don't wanna you don't wanna insult one person. You're no, desperate not to leave. You're desperate not to leave. You would buy a forty seater bus. Yes. And still be worried you're leaving somebody out. Well, actually, no, because like I said, I actually like I like to ride alone. <laughs> um, but 
I've had some like really, really great diverse rides. Like a lot of people have like a car that they stick to. Yeah. Um, sure. When I started, like I drove very, very, very often with Brendone and I appreciated those times. But like since then, mm-hmm. like I literally every weekend is a different car. Like if I'm in Ontario, there's like a collection of like six or seven people and that car gets like scrambled up in different ways that I would ride with. But then when I cross the border, there's different cars that I would ride with right depending where i'm going yeah um you know i know some of like my the craziest longest rides i've done have, has actually been with like some of the buffalo guys and like specifically like andy williams and um and pepper like i remember a few times like i was in their car with puff going all the way from there to, to like Maine. you know east yeah exactly and yeah. like so like you're like delirious for most of that ride and like <laughs> you know and he's telling you these wild ass stories from his like touring days and stuff and like you know you're learning so much wisdom from pep and then you have like puff like that's one experience versus like you know like a car of like ontario guys um who just like get where you came from and like what you're experiencing what it's like to work in ontario and then just just getting into things on a, like a deeper level yeah you know where it's like you're really like breaking down your individual self versus like hearing these wild ass stories like it's, it's different experiences with different people right um there's like people i would actually like say i will never fucking ride with them again big exes but i'm not gonna name them like i have an easier time being like fuck that person fuck that person fuck <laughs> that person i'm never getting in a car with them again versus like who is your favorite cars to ride with right? okay all right all right, let me give you a version of this uh, question that, that will probably be a little easier. Okay? Yeah, sure. So you're in a car. You, you The car is full. It's a bunch of people. Yeah, sure. You're in control of the radio. Okay. What are we listening to? See, this is where, like, me being too nice, and I would tell someone else to no, pick what's no, on the no, radio. No, 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 no. Okay. You're picking. If I'm in control, mine's like obscure fucking like grindcore, hardcore music. And then I feel bad. And I'm like, let's turn this so you guys can actually enjoy the music. <laughs> like my driving music is very aggressive. And like I said, like stuff that like typical people like do not listen to. So if I had to find like a happy medium where I'm not going to make them listen to like this, like very intense music, mm-hmm. I would probably go with more like, you know, like, hip-hop earlier hip-hop like some like wu-tang like wu-tang i find is like one of those like you know groups that like everyone can get behind and Uh i enjoy wu-tang so much and you know most people won't be mad if i turn on some wu-tang okay yeah all right i i still i still to this day have to thank you because you introduced me to lizzo oh that's yeah oh i went nutty (laughs) for that shit yeah, yeah I, my uh, my only complaint about Lizzo was so much early stuff was under three minutes long, and I'm like, I want to play you at work. So good. I need, yeah. I need at least three minutes so I can get away with playing you at work. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll find a radio friendly version to to play yeah. this, at work. and I'm rarely motivated in that manner. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's this house. Uh, okay, speaking of uh, speaking of, of road trips and, and, and adventures, you're part of my Thousand and One Days Adventure Team, and you know yes. it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you excited. and Saber and yes. Space Monkey and yep. Holden Albright and yeah. my buddy George Zotti, who you've met. Yeah. Um, 
so I have to ask. Oh god. Because I know, I know where this is going. Oh, I know you know where this is going. <laughs> I I I making I making these things. I'm sneaking up on you with any of this shit. Are you looking forward to skydiving? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> and I am st- I'm, like, <laughs> I'm stamping my little feet. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm like literally sweating thinking about it. <laughs> Tell us why you're not looking forward to skydiving, I, I Jody. No, man. <laughs> uh, so I am not afraid of heights at all. Like uh-huh. I, I, I rock climb. I do all these things. For me, I am fearful of the feeling of falling. And you see it so much, like, uh, in wrestling, like, uh, to do, like, a, a basic, like, flare bump off the top rope. Uh, you can ask anyone that has seen this in training. It is not pretty, even though that is, like, you know, a four-foot drop, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, no problem standing on the top rope, squatting, doing whatever. But the moment that I have to, like, do something that will make me drop, I, I get afraid of it. I, you know, bungee jump. I, I say bungee jump. But really, the worker didn't push me. He slowly lowered me off the bridge and let me go. <laughs> so it was against my will. Um, yeah, I just, that free-falling feeling scares me. And what's crazy is I love roller coasters, which is the same feeling, but I wonder if it's maybe because it's very controlled. And I know that I can, like, push my feet and, like, hold on to, like, the, the safety vest thing. Yeah. And, like, flex my stomach, and it helps control that you know, tickly feeling, whereas I think that the idea of free falling from an airplane freaks the fucking hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. I am, my palms are sweating right now. Oh, it's going to be so good. I know. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, uh, listen, I'm doing it knowing, knowing <sighs> that I am <sighs> going to piss myself. Uh, like uh, this, <laughs> yeah. If I'm they, gonna piss myself. I, I'm going to have to bring a disposable jumpsuit. Like I'm gonna have to bring a change of clothes. I absolutely know it. I'm I, I'm not necessarily good with heights. You were on that roller coaster with me at Canada's oh, Wonderland, yeah. <laughs> and I cursed like a motherfucker. Oh yeah. Did you record that? Oh yeah. Did it's online. It's online. I'll I'll uh, I'll send you the link again. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um but uh just for it's going to make for great video for everybody yeah. to be uh fucking out of their minds with fear and yeah. I, I it's going to be like the pope. I'm going to land and kiss the fucking ground. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm very thankful that because we're like novices at this, that we'll have to go in tandem with like uh, an expert. Yeah. Because otherwise, I don't think he would be able to get me off the plane. Whereas if I'm attached to an individual, he's going to drag me off the plane with him or yeah. her. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I don't think he'd be able to have me. You might not even be able to get me on the plane. We'll see how it goes. Oh, we're picking Poor. you up and bringing you on the plane. My hands are sweating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. Is there any? Uh, is there anything else on on the list? The uh, hundred one things in a thousand one days list that you're looking forward to? Because it'll be you know like less fucking mind numbing. Honestly, yeah. I haven't read it because I like to be surprised by what it is that we're doing. Like, okay. Yeah, like I kind of just like to be like, okay, let's do this. Like you know the time where you you told us that we're gonna polar dip on. Uh, 
on New, New Year's, Year's Day. Day. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, that was kind of like a last minute sort of decision. And I, I work, I like to work like that with surprises. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, well, we might be making knives at some point. Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I get the feeling that you would enjoy uh, blacksmithing. Yeah, that might be fun. <laughs> Excellent. All right. What haven't I asked you about? What does what what does nobody ask Jody Threat that Jody Threat wants to tell people? Um. Hmm. That's yeah. Actually, that's a really good question. Yeah. As as you as you go through as you go through wrestling, you're gonna get more and more interviews, and at a certain point, you're gonna be so. You know, you're just gonna oh, interview. All right, and there's probably going to be questions in the back of your head that you think nobody ever asks me this, and this is the thing I want to talk about. Well, you see, the problem is I don't like to talk about things <laughs> like I, you know, like I'm a listener. Like, yeah. that's what people understand. Like, I hate talking. Like, I, uh, I just, I'd rather listen to what people have to say and, like, learn about people. Like, okay. um, yeah. So it's not really, maybe I should have prepared myself with questions to ask you, but I feel like I know you so well that I don't really have questions. Cause, you know, whenever we drive, I ask you like a million and ten questions. Yeah. Private podcast. But, but what's the <laughs> private podcast? I always say we're wasting a fucking podcast here. Uh, <laughs> but what's the, what's the thing that uh, what's the thing that nobody ever asks you about, or the question that nobody asks you that you think, well, this is the thing that I wish we could talk about. Um, maybe like questions about like other things that I'm like passionate about. Like I always get questions about skateboarding, and yes, yeah. like I, I, skateboarding was a big part of my life. Like it's kind of a thing that I've now put in like the back burner because. Um, with wrestling like with skateboarding you're gonna get hurt yeah. and i would just rather get hurt in the ring doing that than like you know skateboarding at this point in my life doesn't mean in a few years i, I won't put down wrestling and go back to skateboarding mm-hmm. um but I, I have to keep them separated um but people just assume like if it's not wrestling skateboarding my passion when um it's not necessarily just my passion like yeah. my my dog and like like dog rescues like this sort of thing like i'm very passionate about and just like animal welfare and like truly too like um i guess a lot of people don't actually know that i work in like community development and like social work so like that's like another like you were good in asking me about that so a lot of people don't even realize that that's like also what i've like dedicated like my education to and like my like that side of my professional life too is just um like you know, creating like a better community for everyone. Right. Well, we were ta- we were talking about your dog. We were talking about Dodger before we started recording. Yeah. And that's true. And you were saying Dodger, Dodger doesn't like winter. Dodger hates winter. I just I see that dog run and run and run, and I I just when I, it's nice outside. Yeah, I guess I just had it in my head. That he wouldn't, if you if you threw a ball that he could find in the snow, that he wouldn't mind running after it. But yeah, he, okay, I should. I'm gonna send you a video after. He he has like a vendetta against snowballs. So <laughs> yeah, like any size, like you can throw it and he will try to kill it. Um, and it, I don't think it's him playing. Like I think it's that he truly wants to kill it. Yeah. 
Um, so that's how I actually, like when I bring him outside, cause he refuses to come outside, um, in the winter, but I force him outside cause he needs fresh air. He needs exercise. Mm-hmm. And how I keep him out is like, I will make snowballs and throw it and he'll try to kill it. Or like this morning it was quite, uh, the snow's like very, like great packing snow. So I was like, like a dung beetle pushing around this big ass snowball that I was creating, knowing that he will fuck it up. And so while he was distracted, I'm making this snowball, and I'll this is the video I have, and he just, as soon as he realizes it, he attacks it and goes to town, sitting there scratching and biting it and trying to destroy it. Jesus. Um, he hates snow. Like, he just <laughs> wants to kill it. Um, but, yeah. And he's pretty ridiculous when I do get him, like, out walking. Um, like, he has his several sweaters um, and his little booties, and I found him, like, one of those, like, um, dog scarfs that also double as a thing you can like pull over his ears so he's like really warm um, and I layer him too like he has like this 80s dad um, ski jacket I call it so he'll have one of his sweaters with the ski jacket and then his little scarf over his ears and his damn booties he looks ridiculous but he hates the cold sweet baby <laughs> <laughs> how old is Dodger now? Um, to my best estimate because i i did grab him from a rescue when he was like they don't even have an exact age they uh, assumed he was between three and four Mm -hmm. um and actually march 8th is his uh adoption anniversary um and that will mark five years that i've had him so um according to math he should be between like eight and nine yeah um yeah he's he's pretty gray um oh yeah he's getting gray yeah, and I think his vision's starting to go a little bit. Oh. Yeah, but he's still he's still spunky. Like when it's warm out, he still like spins around in circles. Do you, you know? Do you have Do you have plans for March eighth? Um, no, and I, it's funny you should uh, ask me because I was actually trying to brainstorm like with Ontario, specifically Toronto, where like we're based. Um, like we're in like still like a stay home order. Oh yeah, yeah. So, the stay home order goes to like the ninth or something, doesn't it? I'm not sure when. Um, I just know that they extended it two weeks, so I yeah. don't know if it's it's like either the ninth or like or like the second or something. So it's one of those two weeks. Um, I know I'll probably bring him to work <laughs> okay. uh, just because we don't we don't have like people coming in right now, but I'm still in the office, so maybe I'll bring him to work and then. Um, Maybe he loves the beach. Like the first few years of his life, we lived like in the beaches in Toronto. So maybe I'll, as cold as it is, I'll bundle him up, bring him to the beach, bring him to work. Buy him like a, you know, he's on like a kangaroo diet. So maybe I'll uh, find him a, a delicious kangaroo bone. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was upset. Way. I was upset that your dog had eaten kangaroo before I had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I, I on the on the thousand and one days list, uh, I because we you know we got in a few uh, animals. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've shortened it to five things. Now it's five animals I haven't eaten before. So okay, so uh, we're still getting horse. Oh god. Well, okay. So <laughs> I wonder what I'm gonna do because, like I said, I'm eating like a more of like a plant based diet these days. We'll get, so maybe I'll just watch you. We'll get a horse Big Mac for you. <laughs> it can't be meat, bro. <laughs> if we can, if we can get a horse Big Mac, will you do it? Probably. 
Full circle. Full circle in the interview. Oh, the right. love of, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I still have the video online of when you when you were giving up Big Macs temporarily a while ago. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Ah, the pain. That, that was nuts. The joy in your eyes that turned to pain when you realized this is it. For thirty days. Did I last? I don't even remember if I last. I don't know the I don't know if you did. <laughs> I don't I probably know if not. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure like um like I said, like changing how I'm eating. I, this has been like the longest in between Big Macs I've gone. Yeah. And I, it's been like, you know, more than 30 days. And that was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. For the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> For the greater good. <laughs> All right, uh, Jody Threat, tell everybody how they can find you online. Yes. Um, on Instagram, Twitter, it's at Jody Threat, one word. Um, on Facebook, I believe it's also slash Jody Threat. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think that's uh, my only forms that's... of getting a hold of me online or looking at my stuff. I'm sure you can Google and find stuff. <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're you leaving, can shoot me an email. <laughs> leave it, leaving the social media up to other people. Yeah, pretty much. I know I got to I got to work on a yeah. strategy for that, but you know. Well, don't worry. You when, you, when you make it when you make it to the WWE, they'll take over all your social media streams. Exactly. And a, and a friendly robot will tweet for you. Oh my God, stop! Robots scare me. <laughs> what? Hold on. <laughs> We're about to end this thing. What do you mean, robots scare you? Uh... Like, are you talking about, like, are you talking about just, like, automated anything? Or, yeah. or, or are, you, are you, do you have, like, a specific C-3PO fear? Uh, it's specifically from RoboCop when that goddamn thing loses control in the conference room and, like, the shoots Ed everyone up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I have, like, a, I'm very skeptical towards them, and I would prefer to operate, like, some of them I find really cute, like, Wally's really cute to me. <laughs> um... But I just, I don't, I have, like, a, a big distrust towards, like, any sort of, like, automated and okay. anything that could, yeah, you know. So when you see, when you see, like, uh, um, I think it's Honda in Japan makes the, oh the, ro- the, 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 the robot that looks like an astronaut suit and it walks and it jumps. No. And, no? It, that concerns me. And Bell Labs, I think it's Bell Labs or somebody has the, uh. Has the the mechanical dog? Have you seen the the? Have you seen the? I have not. Oh, I'm gonna send you a video. It's gonna oh, make God. your day. It's gonna make your it... day because this thing, this thing walks and trots and it can climb over barriers. It is like I mean, it's it's gonna be a first round draft pick when Skynet takes over. Oh God, stop! Don't scare me. <laughs> It's ba- it's basically it, I I look at the design of it and I I basically think that that fucking thing is a Doberman Pinscher. It's a robot Doberman without a head, and it's coming to fucking get me. It, we're all fucked, man. <laughs> we're all fucked. And they're talking about like new technology that's like great in the sense that it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think it was uh, Elon Musk was talking on uh, a podcast. That's scumbag. Uh, <laughs> But he was talking about like this implant in your brain that's going to help people who have like neurological like yeah um, 
right dysfunctions or whatever and going to be able to help them like correct some of those um you know the communication between like the nerves and stuff sure um but it's uh, think how scary that shit is sure it's going to help a lot of people but once you have an implant in you that can control your fucking body essentially <laughs> it's able to control your body yeah. all it's going to take is someone snapping their goddamn fingers and typing into a computer a few buttons where you can be forced to shoot someone. Think about it. Think about it. (laughs) Just saying, man. And on that perfectly plausible conspiracy note. Yes. It is plausible and it's scary. Yes. Yeah. Uh, We got to leave this on something more upbeat. Come up with, give me a music recommendation right now. What? You can't do that to me. Yeah, we need a music right. We need to go we need to go out on an upbeat note. Okay, you got a friend in me. <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching Toy Story? You have no, Dis- but- you have Disney Plus you have Disney of Plus. Course I do. You have of Di- course I do. Yeah. Okay, you have Disney Plus. And what have you been binge watching on Disney Plus? Just the Pixar movies? No, honestly, I this quarantine, I, like I said, I'm in school right now, yeah. trying to do three semesters in one semester. So when my brain uh, is not, um, you know, has not left my body and I'm actually focusing, like I, I'm actually like watching lectures and uh, reading stuff and doing homework. So I haven't been binging much for the yeah. first time. Okay. Yeah, I usually have like a documentary in the background, but that's about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. You got a friend in me. tree fucking mendis jody threat thank you for finally coming on the handsome genius club radio show oh yeah thank you i'm (laughs) sorry i'm so sorry it's taken like a year (laughs) yeah you're here now and it's very much appreciated kiddo all right kids that is going to do it for another episode of the handsome genius club radio show uh you can find me on all your social media your twitter your instagram your youtube uh twitch and uh the all-important patreon end of the month is coming perfect time to subscribe to patreon uh all of those are at my name is kingdom um, and, uh, if you go into the show notes for this episode, you'll be able to find my link tree link that actually has all my links, everything, the Teespring store, the, uh, pro wrestling tees store, it's everything, every way you'd want to get a hold of me or find me online. It's all in there. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for another episode. We'll be back on, we'll be back tomorrow for the Patreon exclusive show. And we'll be back on Monday here for another, uh, another, uh, free and fun and breezy and lovable episode of HGC radio. In the meantime, kids take care of one another, find some good trouble to get into together and, uh, stay safe. Your uncle kingdom loves you.